0: Welcome to Pints and Politics. I'm your host, Dan Parsons. Hey, welcome to episode number 54. As our viewers and listeners know, Pints and Politics is about uh, inviting the newsmakers and the difference makers in Nebraska in our region uh, to sit down and talk about the things that are important in our community. And we do that the way we ought to talk about politics and current events with a delicious Nebraska craft beer. So welcome to episode 54. And let me introduce our guests. Uh, Jeff Mall is the uh, uh, executive director of the Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau. Jeff, welcome back yeah. to Pints and Politics. Great to
1: be back. I think every time we've sat down in this room and talked about, it's been about impactful projects that have been a part of the community. So appreciate the opportunity.
0: Absolutely, Jeff. And yeah, you were back, uh, back in August of 20. We were starting to come out of the uh, pandemic. And uh, yeah, so we talked about a lot of fun things. We did and uh let me introduce our other guest darren erstad is a former player and head coach of the university of nebraska uh husker football team <laughs> football team <laughs> baseball team right. uh, darren thanks for being here well
2: good to be here and i did punt though too but you well, know and, I mean... we're gonna, and i'm gonna do that uh so you <laughs> most were, people i know that part of it
0: yes uh the first overall pick by the los angeles angels in the 1995 major league baseball draft two-time mlb all-star three-time Golden Glove Award winner, uh, and you were also the starting punter for the Cornhuskers uh, in the 1994 National Championship game. And my connection, even though we just met, uh, you caught the final out in Game 7 of the 2002 World Series, and my then uh, 10-year-old son, Grant, and I uh, we'd always go camping in the fall. And we were big baseball fans. Uh, and we were at we weren't at the World Series, but we were at Indian Cave State Park down by uh, in South uh, Nebraska. And we were around a fire pit and listening to the game on the radio. And we were going nuts in the middle of the of nowhere uh, when you won the game. That's super cool. It is so cool. <laughs> and, and Grant was just up here. Uh, he's a filmmaker in Austin. And he knew i was going to do this and he said oh dad i so wanted to be there so and grant's actually doing some work for the podcast so anyway darren nice to meet you thanks for being here yeah, pleasure and thanks here. for doing the work that you do and we're going to talk about baseball fields and softball fields but before we do that our tradition here uh is to uh tap open a delicious nebraska craft beer and i chose tonight um the from our friends at boiler brewing company uh the fumble Brusky, I thought that was kind of appropriate, fitting, yeah. uh, so let me pour us each uh, a pour, the Fumble Rooski. They didn't have small cans. <laughs> <laughs> There's one for you, Mr. Mall. Thank you very much. There you go. And so this is uh, the, Fumble Ruski, the Fumble Brewski from Boiler Brewing Company. It's a Pilsner Imperial, uh, a double, Imperial Double and uh, it takes you straight back to the orange bowl in 1984 the old switcheroo the old fumble ruski they'd outlawed this by the time you were i believe not the beer (laughs) (laughs) we
2: didn't get drum plays like that as punters but yes (laughs) cheers guys cheers
0: oh that's solid that's all right
1: that is good that is good
0: good choice yeah did you have a favorite beer with the Angels? <laughs> Did whatever the Angels have a favorite beer? Whatever they put in front of me. There you go. Yeah. That's a good answer. Well, Amazing. listen, yeah. Well, listen, guys, I am so excited to talk about a, a really huge project that was announced just recently here in Lincoln, uh, the Youth Softball and Baseball Complex, uh, which will be also the home to uh, uh, to the baseball for uh, Wesleyan. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, get us started. Talk a little bit about... Uh, This has been a while in the making, this project.
1: It has. It has. And I think we talked about it's one of the longest game of extra innings that Darren's probably (laughs) ever been a part of. You know, you can go back 16 years is where these discussions first started to take place in the community. Uh, You remember the 2015 Vision Committee? They created kind of a pathway of pillars to help develop this community as a destination, but also make it a great place to live, work, and play for our, our families in Lincoln. And there was a ball field complex, part of the sports triangle that connected Pinnacle Bank Arena to Memorial Stadium and then up to the north and west, which is where our project sits. Uh, Through numerous projects and studies, uh, it was determined that it probably wasn't in the best interest of our community because at the time we were starting to talk about Pinnacle Bank Arena. And and Mayor Chris Beitler really wanted to see the arena done the way it needed to be done uh, and, and focus the energies on that. Fast forward, we were three weeks Uh, prior to the pandemic taking over our lives from announcing that we had a a $17 million project ready, which was this project today. And so put that thing down for a while, brought it back, brought back great people with great energy. Darren's been an instrumental part of the energy in the community about getting people excited about this project. And we finally came to a point that we took a $17 million project and due to supply chain issues, cost of of building things, it became a $27 million project just over that short amount of time. So we were so happy to announce the project, Dan, and and, and just create something that helps build the destination, an eight field complex, all turf, all lit, covered fan amenities. We're really doing this right. Darren and I have spent a lot of time with our kids traveling uh, at different age groups and seeing what everybody else is doing. And now I can safely say what we're doing is different than anybody else.
0: Really, it it is different. So Darren, I'm fascinated by, the fact that you're involved in this and 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 just i think lincoln's very fortunate that we were able to hold on to you and your family and and we were talking before the show that your kids are involved in all kinds of athletics and dance and art and uh and keeping you busy as a dad and uh so this will put lincoln on the map for you sports right
2: yeah i I would say that Lincoln's not fortunate to have us. We're fortunate to have Lincoln. Oh, nice. Well, I mean, it's super, super true. Like, quick story before we get into that. My wife and I were very fortunate to have an opportunity and a decision to choose where we want to raise our kids. Yeah. And we had the state of Nebraska or the state of our know, United States all out there. And I said, you pick a state, I'll pick a state. And I picked California right away. Didn't want to raise our kids there. She picked North Dakota too cold. Well, we ended up with Nebraska and Colorado the last two states and it was a no brainer. Just, we we love this community. So going to what this project's all about, I get done coaching and it's like, all right, I love baseball, it's a passion of mine, love youth sports. My purpose has always been affecting kids' lives in a positive way. It sounds very familiar to Coach Osborne, but well, it's a good, good role model. It's, it's true. Yeah, very true. and. You know, we're sitting here and we're like, all right, I talked to Alex Gordon a lot about this. And we're like, we want to do something private. Let's, you know, we can put something together. Well, Jeff came to me and was like, hey, we got this project back 16 years, you know, all that stuff. And I start thinking, I'm like, man, that checks a lot of boxes. So he asked me to come to some of the meetings and you start hearing stuff. And I'm like, this is what we're all about. We're all about family, community. And it just, it, it, it was one of those things, it's a nonprofit. We were, I'm so tired of people making money off of kids. Yeah. And I know it's going to bring- it's big money. It is big money. Yeah. It, he'll probably tell you the numbers about youth sports and where they're going. And yeah, it's going to bring pre- people into hotels and restaurants, but too many people are making money off of kids, and it drives me nuts. Nonprofit. All the money we raise in this thing and make through this is going right back into the kids, right back into the, the, the facilities, and it's staying right here. There's no outside you know, entity coming in here and taking money to- Georgia and York, it's staying right stinking here. Those are things we signed up for. So when I talked to Alex about this, he, he goes, what'd you guys donate? I, I told him the number and he goes, yeah, we'll match, that's fine, and he's it. So that was the start of it. Uh, not to mention, the biggest part of this thing is the underprivileged program, that oh, I cannot that. wait yes, for this. My that. wife just finished her term as the president of Boys and Girls Club here in Lancaster County, and Major League Baseball has done a huge thing through their RBI program over the years. Right before COVID, they made a huge inner city push for free programs, and obviously that got kind of slowed down with with all of the COVID stuff. But guess what? That's what we're going to do right here. Nebraska Wesleyan's on board with that. I can't wait to get started with that. That's something I'm very passionate about, and I'm ready to go. That
0: is so cool, Darren. So it is different. I... I, uh... You know, obviously I had kids uh, in, in youth sports and select sports and, yeah, the traveling and the money, the checks that you write. Uh, so how is it different, Darren, or excuse me, Jeff, from other communities across the country?
1: What's, what's interesting is this, this program, this, this the way we build this complex started out is really thinking about my world of tourism. Dan, you've heard me say this a million times. It's all about putting heads in beds and feet in the sheets in hotels. That's how I'm funded from a convention and visitors bureau standpoint. And it was selfish to a certain extent that I was thinking all about the economics of it. But then as we kind of right, and we dove (laughs) deeper into the pandemic and we started reading about mental health crisis across this country and how our kids were coming out of the pandemic and not what they were before the pandemic and how many kids don't have the opportunity to go out and interact and pick up a game that Darren has made a living out of and now is passionate about telling those stories. So we had these melding of these two interests in doing what's right economically for the community and then doing what's right emotionally for the community. And starting to talk about that programming model, we're gonna focus a lot on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, these tournaments that come in, travel baseball, select baseball and softball. But what we do Monday through Thursday for kids that don't have the opportunity in this community. The, the,
0: the kids it, in Lincoln. The kids in Lincoln. Yes.
1: To, to get out of their house. They come from a disadvantaged population or a disadvantaged point in their life to come out and pick up a baseball bat or a softball bat, a softball or a baseball, and learn from Nebraska Wesleyan athletes and others in the community how to play the game. And I've told the story a million times. I want one 30 for 30 episode on ESPN that tells the story years down the road about a kid that learned the sport because we developed the programming that Darren's passionate about and they're playing at the highest level and they want to talk about Lincoln, Nebraska. That gives me chills talking about it right now because you see kids standing in their yard. They don't have the tools. They don't have the ability to go out and do things. That's what makes us special. It's the emotional aspect.
0: So how will you interact with some of the other nonprofits in the community? Any idea of what that looks like at this point? Or that, I I assume, you know, you got to build the darn thing first, but um, that's just fascinating for me. And I don't know that that's, gotten a lot of media attention, that element. I mean, it's been mentioned, but I, I'm really fascinated with that to be able to help underprivileged kids in this city to fulfill their dreams in sports. That's, that's really cool.
2: Well, it's all about opportunities, right? Yeah. You know, and, that, and it's just, in, it, it's again, back to the nonprofit part of it, it's investing in the kids. It's not, we're not, <laughs> we're not here to make money. We're, we're here, our, our, our return on our investment is opportunities for the kids. And not everybody's gonna like baseball or softball. That's sure, okay. But you give them an opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And not to mention, who knows what other sports we're gonna be able to play on these facilities. I mean, we've talked right. about 18 to 21 different sports that are possible on these field turf fields. And to me, that that's a big deal. The other thing that and this is another part that I feel strongly about for myself, I've seen it as a coach, as a player, as a parent. Everybody is on their own page trying to do their own thing, and nobody's working together. We're not building this thing to Hey, we've got to figure it figured out we're going to do it by ourselves no we have, i hope there's a bunch of fields in omaha aurora grand island seward who cares where they're at i, I want to all for, whatever's best for the kids right in lincoln we're not trying to take away from doris Bear, we're not trying to take away from Optimus. It we want to make all it all run, work together all right. and, and i feel like i can bring some value and get people on the same page and get that message out there and say we can all do just fine when we have one thing in mind And
0: that's the kids. I love the passion. I love the passion.
1: And and we've done a lot of speaking together, he and I, and we've done a lot of fundraising. This is fire and this is ice. Do you see this? This guy's good at what he does. And and this is the kind of leadership, the the steward of the community, the steward of what's right for kids. And, And Darren's, Darren's excitement about this is so contagious and it's just been so easy to go out and tell that story. So
0: So maybe talk about uh, some of the details of the fields. How many, what what does the field look like and feel like? uh, What are some of the amenities? Talk either one of you or both of you about what is actually gonna look like when this is built flat
1: surface so we're we're, we're talking 100 percent artificial turf field turf on all the fields no dirt no grass no chalk lines they're going to wash away in a rainstorm the ability for us to do a 100 percent artificially turf field gets us a longer playing season sure. we start just as long as it's warm enough to play and we play well into the month of october we are playing quicker after rain thunderstorms that blow through the midwest that can wash out an entire tournament as long as the field conditions are ready, we're rock and roll.
0: Yeah, because uh, all those families and come in to right. a, a tournament, and right. it gets rained out. and then Well, they're...
1: and the last thing you want to do is send them home. We want them to stay in the community. So when we go flat surface, what's interesting is when we were initially talking about baseball only and that need in the industry, it was taking a look at what's right for boys and girls. So that's where softball became this thing that we have to bring the two organizations together, the two interests together. So by doing a flat surface, artificially turf facility, we're ready for softball because they don't play on mounds. There's no softball mounds. They play on a flat surface. And then we will have portable mounds that we'll bring
0: in for baseball. Oh, okay, okay. And
1: have the ability to do that on the five fields, uh, ages eight U through 14 U. We'll have two fields, the championship field for Nebraska Wesleyan baseball and Nebraska Wesleyan softball, a significant upgrade for their program. Darren is is super passionate about the recruiting angle that can happen with this. And then maybe you can talk a little bit about the homer's heroes components oh nice. oh yeah yes, uh,
2: back to the community and family yeah. you know you're talking about again intellectually and physically challenged kids yep. uh homer's heroes charlie myers yes. done a fantastic job with the salt dogs they've had the program we did a lot of stuff in southern california back in the late 90s when i was out there playing with the angels it was called the challenger division baseball okay. so we built some fields out in whittier california nice. and did some stuff in One of the biggest issues with it is, well, if you build a baseball field, it's hard to roll a wheelchair on a baseball field, right? So it's like, we they've done, it's above my pay grade and knowledge, but they have done so much homework on the tartan surface, accessible for the families, dugouts are accessible. So
0: there would be one field exclusively for those heroes. That's cool.
2: Not to mention, we had a very wonderful company in town, uh, donate to build a handicap accessible playground right behind the baseball field as well. Again, this is back to what boxes aren't you checking for the kids? Cool. And, and that to me, that's a really cool thing. And to have a field like that, and to see some of the pictures and, and research they've done and see the smiles on the kids, you can't replace that stuff. So again, we're in the early infant stages of all this, but uh, to have it announced and, and have it out there well it it can't get here fast enough Uh,
0: talk a little bit about the economic impact uh that will happen in lincoln because of this project
1: nine million dollars in year one will be our economic impact we expect that to double in year three uh we're talking uh thousands and thousands of new visitors that are going to roll into this community uh, for the first time ever because we've never had the the ability to host these types of tournaments and i
0: heard you say There's already interest There is. People are already knocking on your door.
1: If you build it, they will come right. Okay. Let's use a baseball analogy. We haven't done one yet, have we? I don't think so. I'm usually pretty good at them, right? So it is, that's, that's the ice side. So, um, what's interesting is we've been talking at trade shows about this for years and people say, we want to be in the Midwest. People want to be in the Midwest during the college world series because they want to play by day and play in these tournaments and then go watch the big kids play on the big stage up in Omaha. That's where these communities are all working together as a destination. So the youth sports tourism market is a billions and billions dollar industry, and we have missed out for years. I've done this for 20 years. You know this. So I've done this for 20 years. It has really been an awful situation for us to tell how many groups know and they're like, you're in the Midwest, you're a baseball community, home of the Huskers. You're home of Darren Hurstead. Right, the <laughs> legend.
0: That would be Alex Gordon. <laughs> well, he's a, yeah, he's the homeboy, yeah. hometown boy, but you're the adopted hometown. Okay. I'll take that.
1: But telling, but telling people, no, we don't have the facilities in a community this caliber is the hardest thing in the world to do, and know that everybody else is doing it. But now that we're doing it, we're doing it right, and we're excited about the future.
0: Very cool. So, talk a little bit, Darren, about the opportunity for recruiting uh, for Nebraska Wesleyan and, and, and others to uh, for this great opportunity.
2: Well, I got two selfish things on this first point, but I'm super excited for Nebraska Wesleyan on my first point. Okay, nothing against the fields that they play on now, but <laughs> let's just say that they're probably not super good recruiting tools. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for them. One thing that that I, as a coach in Nebraska, and we would go to Indianapolis, Georgia, Texas, Phoenix, wherever you go, anytime you have a kid that would play in those tournaments that's a recruit of Nebraska committed to us, right? They'd be like, why are you going to Nebraska? Like, and they're like, you have no idea. You, and most of the times it's the same comment. It's all cornfields, what do you ta-? you know? But then when kids come here on visits, they're like, see the field. I never knew. Yep. Okay, so now these kids that, we're gonna have a facility where these kids can come in at an early age from out of state and go, oh, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Now we don't have to do that. That's a big deal, okay? Another part of that is the location. Look how close this is gonna to be to Haymarket Park. Yeah. It's right there. So you can watch a Salt Dogs game, and watch a Huskers game, whatever it is, you can go down the rail yard and be in that area. Most of these, most of these facilities, when you go to them, they're out uh, in, the in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, it, there might be one hotel there, or it might be a, a restaurant. They're you know, trying like a, to build They're, up they're the trying, the but it's not out there yet. They're building it where the land's cheaper, we're very fortunate to have this awesome piece of land that ties in. And when you look at the, the virtual videos, it's unbelievable. Like the, the, cool. the skyline sky
0: yes. with, with the lake. And, yeah. and that's
2: why I, I came from North Dakota on my recruiting trip. And that's exactly what drew me to this place. In 1991 in the fall, I went to the Nebraska Washington football game and it was unbelievable. Now Billy Joe Holbert and Mark Brunel beat us, but it was a fantastic game. But I was looking for a napkin to sign. I'm like, just, I'm in, whatever. This is what it's all about. Now my second selfish point i was out recruiting and our our sons were were playing our oldest one was actually playing in the state tournament and i was coming from somewhere down south and driving up there and i'm like going to the state tournament now mind you these are really nice fields but this is the state nebraska youth baseball tournament and i make a right hand turn into iowa to go to the state (laughs) nebraska baseball tournament Yep. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Why are we playing the state of Nebraska state youth tournament in a different state? In Iowa. It made zero sense to me. Yeah. So not just this field, but other fields that are being built, that are already built. That's my selfish goal of getting the actual state youth tournaments and championships back in the state of Nebraska.
0: Uh, when we were recruiting you, you didn't. they didn't show you Buck Belzer then? <laughs> oh, I saw it. I saw it. I actually loved it compared to what's in North Dakota. Oh, it was fantastic. We got that. Yeah. Um, and we, we should tell some stories uh, about uh, some baseball stories. But so, Jeff, uh, give me a timeline. When does construction start? Uh, when can people start? Uh, expecting revenue and tournaments. What's kind of the timeline of, of the project? So
1: we this thing will start to, to really start to take shape in the spring of 2023. So just a few months from now, if you think about it, we're talking maybe five, six months at the most. Um, you know, when you do an artificially turf facility, it's all about land prep, letting things settle, surcharging the land and engineer world. I'm learning those terms, we've heard this a lot. Um, and then fall of 2024. If everything goes in the way that it should, that seems like a quick turnaround. But in the fact that we're not growing anything on this surface, we're just laying down a carpet and we're gonna start to play baseball and the infrastructure that's gonna come with it. So we will be ready for ball in the fall of 2024. When you take a look at what Nebraska Wesleyan is doing, they're gonna start to talk about fall of 24 and the spring of 25 as being kind of their prime time. We'll start taking booking at the Convention and Visitors Bureau. I'm overseeing lincolnyouthcomplex.com We're already seeing organizations ask for dates in 2024 and 2025, a little in advance of where I'm comfortable doing, but we are creating a waiting list of people that want to be a part of this. And I do want to stress to Darren's point, not a single dollar is going to leave this community. We will have local ownership. We have a board of directors that Darren and I sit on that will help guide and oversee this project and oversee this thing moving forward. So it is important to keep it local. We've had opportunities to sell naming rights to national organizations that want to run and operate it, that could have uh, given us millions of dollars, to be really honest with you, but we wouldn't see a dime of that in the community. We wouldn't be giving back to the community and giving back to the community. That's That's the Lincoln way of doing things. We're not too big that we don't see kind of the way it needs to be done. So very much want to stress that. And we're almost there. We're still raising money. Darren and I are still having a lot of great conversations. We have naming rights available on various components of the ball fields. And I think we're about $5 million short of really where we wanna be. And just announcing it, people are starting to give us a call saying, hey, we wanna, we wanna do something for our mom or our dad or our grandpa or our grandma, or we're corporate Lincoln, corporate Nebraska that wants to put our name on this project.
0: So we'll make sure we put that in the notes. We'll also put uh, beer notes uh, on the website. Uh, so people wanna participate and wanna find out more uh, we can direct them to that to the website. Tell us again.
1: Lincoln Youth Clump Youth, youth Complex. com. Okay,
0: so that name will possibly change.
1: If, if Dan Parsons calls us and he wants his name on the complex, we'll talk to you about how much that will be and we'll make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could change. It probably
0: will change. Okay. Very cool. Um, as we wrap up, uh, I, I can't let uh my baseball uh uh, mind not talk about or ask my friend darren about uh some stories from uh, mlb days Um, uh, so, so the 2002 world series what do you remember when you caught that ball and this game seven and do you even can you even comprehend all these years later, what that meant to you at that moment?
2: I don't dust off the yearbook very often, but I'll try it for you, okay? Thank
0: you. Yeah, two right. <laughs> uh, uh, damn beers. So. Well, uh, you did, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it,
2: it's a little fresh because this was our 20-year anniversary, so we were back in June. They had us all back.
0: Well, and, and, I saw, and I saw your wife's tweet, and I retweeted it, and I told this little story, so it reminded me that it was 20 years. So, anyway, yeah. so yes. Was,
2: so I'll give you a quick synopsis of it. I caught the ball and I remember catching it and this is, I'm not, this sounds cheesy, but this is so true balls in the air. And my dad in my head said, use two hands because the whole time he said, use two hands. Now in this day and age, they tell you to use one hand and be athletic and you know, not two hands, but he said it in my, and and I I caught it it. and it hit my glove. And I remember I I almost like I snapped out of reality and Alex Ochoa, had, he was a defense replacement right field. He was literally like in my back. He almost ran me over and we were not small people. Yep. And like I caught it and we're running in and I used a couple words. I probably shouldn't have. And I said, I'm so glad I didn't drop that. And like, cause like that would have sucked. So the best part for me personally in this whole thing was I get to the bottom of the pile and you give the closer the ball. So we're in the pile. So I give Percy, Troy Percival, I go, Percy, here's the ball. He goes, no, you keep it. So I'm like, I'm going to screw this up. Like, it's party time, right? Like, so I just put it in my back pocket. So I went and I gave it to the owner of the Angels or something. I said, hey, here's the ball. He goes, you keep it. So just to show the character and the family and the humbleness and the just what that was, that's why it made it so special. Because it's, well, again, that's what Lincoln is. It's that I'm all about those kind of things and 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 now I still have the ball and the glove and all that stuff but they asked if they could put it in a display in, in Angel Stadium so it's actually there and they said whenever you want it back you can have it and i am just but that's just that that's cool. that I had no idea that part makes it <laughs> to me just that family it wasn't like we went out and bought a bunch of high priced people and bought a title yep. it was we had no business winning yep. and we just got hot and we played hard and it happened and to me that's uh, that that being the first one kind of similar to being coach osborne's first national title mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. those are it's a pretty nice book yeah i mean but you can't i mean if people ask you which one's better you, you, they're you no. can't they're just both super special and uh you know and, and the other thing i will say is even 20 years later and nobody like nobody wants to talk about 20 years ago it's like we'll talk for a couple minutes but i will tell you that that the coolest thing we'll go back to southern california People are everybody's going their own directions. You know, they don't nobody really cares about anything. I'll be just sitting at a random in and out burger or like at a restaurant and they'll walk by and I'll just go, they Erste. thirsty. And they just keep going. Twenty years later. They don't stop for an autograph. They don't want to talk. They just they like give me a fist bump. And it's just like, that's what it's all about. Wow. Even Lincoln, same thing. Wow. Are that's the Earth jerseys still floating around out there? Uh, no, there's another seventeen <laughs> that's um <laughs> pretty good oh that other guy yeah that otani guy yeah yeah he's pretty good so yeah and then when i originally when i first started i was 27. well there's been two guys that were 27. uh there's this guy named vladimir guerrero he's pretty good and then there's this guy trouty some mike trout guy so this guy's old news and i am totally cool with that so i had my time it's done
0: what a great legacy thank you for sharing i had no idea I teed that up really well. Well, Jeff, Darren, thank you guys. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for the uh, 20-year odyssey that you've been on to get this done. Thank you you for all your work. And Darren, what a joy to meet you. What a joy to have you in this community, you and your family. And the work that you've done here, uh, I kind of sense it's just beginning. That sounds about right. Well, gentlemen, um, cheers. Thank you. Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks to our sponsors and staff: Right Eye Digital, Christian Anderson, production and editing; Mad Owl Films, Grant Parsons, senior producer and distribution; Kim Remington, operations manager at Parsons Public Relations; Pints and Politics theme music, written and performed by Jack Rodenberg; Fuse Co-working. Parsons Public Relations, the leading public relations consultant in Nebraska, and our guests, Jeff Mall and Darren Erstad.